you're listening to The Dirty Boots Show. So, for everyone that doesn't know, my name is Kendall, and I am the channel partner at Assigner. Um, I have been around the construction industry for a while, um, and I'm really passionate about where the industry is headed. One of the main things that we're hearing from customers is about labor shortages affecting a lot of construction companies, difficulties hiring right now. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about with your expertise is your journey from the Marines to solution services and how you think that's helped and impacted your career um, and just get to know you as a person. So for our listeners, we are talking to Ricky Glass today from Solution Services. He is their chief of operations. Ricky was a combat engineer in the Marine Corps from 2002 until 2006. Um, he's been in the industrial construction industry since 2007, servicing pulp and paper, cement, chemical, and manufacturing industries across the Southeast. Um, with maintenance and capital project solutions. Ricky, if any of that is incorrect, you can feel free to correct me. Um, I know you're still serving in the reserves. So if you want to say a little bit about yourself, um, welcome to the show. Yeah, so <clears throat> thank you for having me. Yeah, um, so I, I guess since last we talked, I was promoted. So I am, I am president now. So I, oh, I have a, a no. few more. A, a few more responsibilities on it, but uh, the rest are true. Yeah, so 2002-2006, I was uh, active duty Marine Corps combat engineer. Uh, <clears throat> and then in 2009, I had a break in service from 06 to 09, but in 2009, I did go in the National Guard, uh, and I still serve uh, today. Hopefully, I'll retire here in about two years. Um, yes. Kind of getting up there in age 42, I'm ready to kind of <laughs> be done with that part and, and move You're on. Young. So. Ah, but it's been a great journey. So, and, and a lot of my success, I, I would have to attribute to to my military experience and and what they were able to give me. Yeah, <clears throat> or still in me, I should say. Yeah. Well, I apologize and congratulations on the promotion to president. That's super exciting. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um. So, I guess our first segue then will be. How did you transition from the military to construction and then obviously went back to the military? What did that transition look like? Um, maybe what was your first job? Anything impactful in that transition that you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, so I kind of knew when I went in, of course, I went in in 02. So, you know, 9-11 was <clears throat> had just happened. And so I wanted to help in any way I could. Uh, and, and in some ways when I joined, you know, it was a calling, but I felt like I was going to take a break and what I had planned, uh, and, and go serve my country, you know? So, <clears throat> so I did construction. I mean, that was really my first job at 14, uh, yeah. you know, just tote lumber on a, on a framing crew. So that was my first job, uh, at an early age. I was like, this is what I want to do. Um, so we won't tell OSHA I, about the uh, child labor there. <laughs> well, that was back in the that was back in the nineties. So I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how how strict they were back then. Um, so, but so yeah. Anyway, so uh, I joined in 02 and 06. Um, so when I got on in 06, I kind of knew, hey, I'm gonna go back into construction. My vision at that time was to go to work for myself and do residential construction. Uh, and so I, I did, that was, that was what I did. Uh, as I got out, uh, my father and I, we, we started to work together and we, we did 
project here, project there, just kind of bumping along uh, until till 08 happened. Uh, and so I began to feel it in 08, you know, trying to receive checks from contractors and things of that nature. Yeah, it, it was getting slim. So uh, this opportunity came up. My cousin was actually working for this company uh, and they said, hey, they're looking for a foreman. Uh, and so I went, did an interview and then that was 07 and, and the rest mm -hmm. is kind of history. So here I am in 2023 now, uh, still at the same place. So that was kind of how I transitioned from the military out into construction. So you've been there 15 years? In solution yeah, services? So, yeah, August would be 16, so 15 now, yep. Yeah, that's a long time. From foreman to president, if that's not a good story, I don't know <laughs> what is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I kind of hit it lucky at that, you know, a small company and, uh, you know, the company's grown and I've been able to, to kind of grow with it. Yeah. So uh, super proud, super stoked about that. How many foremen do you have under you today? How many foremen do I have today? So we're pushing about 12 foremen in the field. Uh, we have six project managers, uh, <clears throat> operations manager, and then uh, I, the HR director reports to me, the finance reports to me. Uh, we have four engineers on staff that, <clears throat> so the engineering group reports to me as well. Uh, and then the sales team. So we have three, four on the sales team, excuse me, four on the sales team that also report to me. So uh, we, we've come a long machine. way. Yeah. What would you say has been the biggest change in moving from the field to the office side of things? You know, you, your, your managerial um, skills, they have to change from, from that matter. You know, what the military did very well for me, I was enlisted, um, so, uh, I wasn't as polished as the officers, if you will, coming through. So uh, being in the field, it, it was a pretty smooth transition from, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just being able to, you know, bark or demand or command the situation on that level um, <clears throat> without a lot of uh, what I would say finesse, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. you're, you're given that that leeway at that level as you move up. The, the most troubling thing is trying to learn how to manage managers, people who are uh, very intellectual, very, uh, you know, can think for themselves. Not, not, not that the lower can't think for themselves. It, it, we're just doers at that level, um, mm -hmm. not so much managers. And so, you know, keeping managers accountable has probably been the most difficult thing that I've had to transition to and learn how to do. It, it, it's a very difficult task. Yeah. For sure, it's it sounds like you are quite busy. Um, I've got our first rapid fire question for you. So, okay. what does your morning routine look like? Uh, <laughs> putting out fires. <laughs> uh, anything that hits my desk, uh, you know, from day to day, that's really what I enjoy about what I do. From day to day, it's not the same thing. I, I can't. Mm -hmm. uh, nothing's monotonous about what I do. There's a new challenge every day. Uh, here we are starting the first year. It's been, you know, very challenging with just certain things that are going on uh, within the company. But it could span from anything from the finance team, you know, needing some assistance or the engineering team trying to figure out a design or an issue where we're hiring, what we're going to hire, where we're headed next, what the strategic plan is for that. Uh, you know, trying to point the sales team in the right direction uh, and, and operationally just keep that flowing. Uh, there's a lot of pieces in that, 
Uh, construction is difficult. You know, it's forever changing. Um, mm-hmm. Change events within construction, schedule, uh, all these things just kind of come together. So at any given point in my morning, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I hey, what's next? Let's, what are we tackling today, you know? <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Always changing. So in one of the articles that I had sent you, it's actually from Con Expo. Um, and they were talking about, so the name of the article is Hiring Our Heroes, um, Military Vets Could Be the Answer to Construction Staffing Shortages. Um, and one of the data points that they said um, was that vets currently make up about 7% of the construction workforce um, and approximately 200,000 vets transition out of the military each year. Um, and so something that's, that's interesting and what we wanted to talk about is how do we transition some of those vets into the construction industry? Um, there's a want and there's a need. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on the skills that you think make that transition a smooth transition um, and any challenges that that you had um, transitioning. Yeah, so I, I did read the article and it put some thought into it. And it's 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 not a straightforward question by any means. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> you know, I, I can speak on my behalf and I can speak from from friends and buddies of mine. Um, you know, when you join the military and, and you're a part of that, you, you feel uh, a part of something large. And, and there's this really huge sense of purpose. Um, there's a huge sense of just kind of being the tip of the spear and, and, and leading the way. Um, and so once you're in, you have this huge feeling of just belonging. Uh, you know, one of the things about the military, good or bad, when you sign the contract, the contract signed, you're there for, you're, mm-hmm. you're the government's for four years, six years, whatever your contract is. Um, and so you, you really bond really well with the, the people that are around you. Um, and so there, there's a number of feelings that come with getting out. One being that you, you you left your buddies behind. They're there still dealing yep. with it, still on their contract. You have decided to move on. Um, you know, the phone calls aren't as frequent. I mean, you know, you can't just go down to barracks and knock on your buddy's door and, and hang out. So you're no longer a part of that group anymore. And so now you're in the civilian world where civilians don't think the same way. They, they, they just yeah. don't. They, you know, where you have all these options and, you know, people will slap that option as, you know, as soon as they can, ah, this is dumb, I'm on, you know. Um, so you don't quite feel like you belong in either group yet. Um, <clears throat> and so in transitioning, I feel like a lot of vets are looking for that belonging um, or, or that thing that they can be they can be proud of. And so that's that's what construction did for me when you you know when you get out and you need something to be proud of again um you know you can go around and you can see the things that you installed or you built um you know one of my biggest things we got a new sales guy not long ago uh and i was just kind of walking around a mill that used to be my account when i was a project manager and you know i'm just pointing hey we put that in we did this and so Mm -hmm. that sense of pride begins to come back and I, i think you know that's where um, vets really searching and looking for. Um, <clears throat> and, and I think the power is, is, is in your company. If you can begin to 
not just get one vet, but begin to get two or three where they really begin to relate, uh, then you'll be really powerful at that. Yeah. Have you, as your time as president, been able to hire many people? And if so, do you have any other vets working for you? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my, my HR director, he was a, a colonel in the Army. Uh, he just retired uh, a little over a year ago now. Um, my ops my ops manager, he was a Navy nuke uh, submarine commander. Uh, wow. So one of my foremen, good friend of mine, we, we served together uh, in my first trip overseas. So he's a foreman with us. He's been with us for 12 years. Um, and there's a few you know, in the craft that are there too. So in the guard, you know, the military has a bunch of, I don't really think they're DOD. They're more kind of like third party semi DOD where they, they're partnering with the military and they're trying to get vets into, um, civilian jobs and transfer. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, mm -hmm. it's been really helpful for, for me one to know about, those sources and, and to tap those sources, uh, but also for, you know, Jeff, my, my HR director, for him to kind of know those. Matter of fact, he came through one of them. Uh, he was he was out processing and they and they kind of had a uh, internship out process for him in which he could go out into the civilian world as he was retiring and, and do do 60 days. And so we grabbed him up. Uh, he was with us for 60 days and we were able to, you know, land him after he retired. So there's a lot of resources out there. You, you just kind of got to go ask. Um, I know the Guard does a very good job of it. You know, the, the National Guard, at least South Carolina National Guard, you know, every every month or every other month they're asking who who's unemployed, who's underemployed. And they're trying to place those those soldiers somewhere. So, you know, the resources are there. Uh, <clears throat> you know, the biggest issue, <laughs> the biggest issue with it is. is the military only makes up 1% of the population. So, you know, yeah. you, you can you can say there's 200,000 getting out. You can say there's 700,000 out there. But in, in the grand scheme of things, there's not a lot of vets out there. So if you can grab one or two or three, you really need to grab hold of that and hold on to it. Yeah, that's great. And we, we're definitely going to put um, all of those resources in the show notes. I think it's something that you guys are – really successful at that um, not every maybe construction company has been able to tap into. Like you said, it's a small market. Um, mm -hmm. So having having a foot in the door um, really definitely helps. Um, the last thing I'll touch on on this is with the soft skills. Um, what would you say in your employees that are vets, what is the most transferable soft skill that you looked for in hiring them that's made them successful in the construction industry? You know, something that was instilled from the military. Yeah, uh, I'd say it's, it's really their ability to, I don't know if the words deal with stress or work through stressful situations. Mm -hmm. um, they, they don't get very rattled. Um, they, and they continue to, to press forward uh, without quitting. Uh, so that's definitely something, you know, we talked about it earlier. I spoke about it where you're just kind of in this this pressure cooker and you've got nowhere to go. You know, you're, you're stuck to the contract um, and, you, and you have to make the best of your situation. Uh, and so that really 
gets instilled in, in them, especially the ones that have deployed, uh, <clears throat> you know, they learn to work through the stress, deal with the problems one step at a time and just keep pressing forward uh, without giving up. Um, so, you know, highly dependable in high stress situations and, and construction, you know, I'll tell people this a lot, being a project manager is probably one of the most stressful, tough jobs you can do. You're always mm -hmm. up against schedule. You're always up against costs. You're always up against resources. And, and at any given time, all three of them or any of the one is kind of going awry and you've got to deal with. So, you know, construction in itself, it, I mean, it can be stressful in itself. So, Yeah, and it can be dangerous. I think a lot of people don't necessarily that are outside of the industry realize that it's a, a dangerous job. It's not the safest job out there to do either. It's not. It's not, but you know, a, a lot of through history, a lot of things have been in place, and, and you know, I think it's not near what it, it might have been 50, 60, 100 years ago. Uh, but yeah, when they were like accidents, unfortunately, yeah, worked. accidents, unfortunately, <laughs> do, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, accidents do happen, but you know, um, this is kind of part of it. So, if you had one piece of advice to give to a vet looking to get into the construction industry, what would it be? Looking to get in. Uh, you know, I guess there's a number of things I would tell them, you know, one, you know, the great thing about people in the military, they've, what it tells you somebody who's been through the services is they were able to be trained and they were able to uh, actually go out and um, show that they can do the task, you know. So uh, I would say, you know, keep your head down, learn. There's going to be a learning curve there. If you have no construction background, you know, there's going to be a learning curve. So go back to the days where you didn't know it all. Learn whatever trade or whatever task or whatever it is that you're you're going into, whether that's, you know, electrician, plumbing, pipe fitting, welding, whatever that is. Learn it to a T and then begin to to apply it. Um, but after you get to that point, don't stop. You know, there's always somebody better. There's always somebody who's who's gunning for it. So continue um, to grow from there and continue to learn. Never, never get stale. Uh, the other thing that I would say is, you know, find whatever that trade is or whatever um, industry that is that, you know, makes you feel like you're you're a part of something and that you, you belong and that you are making, you know, civilization uh, better. Uh, find that, you know, you, you might not find a lot of joy in, in building the 7-Elevens or the the quick trips, but you know, maybe it's the high rise or the residential house, or maybe it's, you know, the paper mill, whatever that may be, find that one that, that makes you feel, you know, belong. So. Yeah. Great advice. Great advice. Um, I'll transition to talk a little bit more about your thoughts on the construction industry. Um, and let's see. What has been the best part about being in the construction industry um, in any role? So you can think back all the way to the early days or your current role. Overall, what's your favorite thing about working in the construction industry? <laughs> uh, 
you know, part it's a curse and a blessing, right? <laughs> you know, uh, <clears throat> the greatest thing is that, you know, whatever problems I have around the house, you know, I can deal with. I can, <laughs> I know how to take care of them. <laughs> the problem is that all my friends know that too. So they want to call me for free labor. Um, so they want me to come <laughs> fix their stuff. Um, <clears throat> so, no, you know, in truth, it's it's the people, it's the guys. They're, you know, the industry, construction industry is, is not very large. Uh, there's not a lot of people coming into it. And mm-hmm. my generation was part of it. I remember, you know, back in high school where I was told I needed to go to college, which I did eventually. Um, but I needed to go to college and I needed to sit in a corner office if I was going to make it in the world. Um, and so, you know, a lot of them went to college, a lot of my friends, everybody went to college and, and not a lot of people came into the industry, you know, the the trades weren't pushed very heavily, um, Mm -hmm. in the high schools at that, that time. So, you know, with, with limited resources, the people really become close knit, uh, and the guys in this company, um, the welders, the fitters. You know, the foreman, the project managers, you know, it's really a tight knit group that that would do whatever they needed to do to help you in a bad situation. So the people that have have been with me through my journey, that's probably the best thing the construction industry's, <clears throat> excuse me, given to me. Yeah, almost like a, a bit of a brotherhood to transition through your career. Absolutely. What is one myth? Uh, about the construction industry that you want to debunk? Here's the myth. You don't need to sit in an office to make an honest and good living. Uh, You know, I tell people all the time, everybody thinks they got to go to college, especially in the National Guard. A lot of those, a lot of the kids, I call them kids, they're, they're young adults. Let's just say that, you know, 19 to 22, 23, you know, a lot of the reason they went in was to get some tuition assistance or something along those Mm -hmm. lines. Um, that was a bonus aside from serving, right? Uh, but they, they still believe that they have to go to college and able to provide for their family and do whatever. Uh, but, you know, this guy's not a young adult anymore. He's moved in. But I remember <laughs> I, hired, I hired a young adult. Uh, Luke was like 19 or 20 at the time. Uh, he learned how to weld. And within his first year, 19 or 20, you know, I think he clipped 85 or 90 grand that year as, as a 20 year old, um, just, just welding. So, uh, I'll go back to, to, uh, some of my buddies who, who graduated college and went and got their first job for $35,000 a year, yep. you know, with all that, all that school debt on debt. them. So th- it's a myth that, you know, you see the guy on the side of the road holding the shovel and the, and the vest on and you think, ah, I'm doing better than him. You might want to second guess. He's probably knocking down a pretty good paycheck uh, or her uh, knocking out a pretty good paycheck. And it's just unexpected, right? Yeah, I love it. That's definitely something that I think hopefully is changing as the younger generation comes in, but construction and blue collar workers as a whole, um, it's a good career and it's a great place to be. And you guys are my favorite people to work with. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I think in the next five years, it's actually going to increase. I mean, you know, I remember 08 that a lot, 2008 in the recession, there was, <clears throat> there was a lot of guys that came in early eighties into the industry and they were, you know, 
retiring out of the industry. So there was a resource shortage back in 09, 10, 11. Um, <clears throat> and, and rates for for tradesmen just began to climb. You know, mm-hmm. I know in that time, you know, there was probably a at least a four or $5 increase in pay and wages at, just in that time. And I think, I think we're going to see something very similar um, here, you know, that, that as those resources are, are valued and, and, and there's a shortage of them, you know, from my point of view, I'm going to end up having to, to pay more for it to, uh, to grab the good resources <laughs> and get them into the company so that we can put out good product, you know? What is the biggest challenge you're facing going into 2023 as president of Solution Services? There's not a lot of struggle. The industry is strong right now. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we've been lucky enough resource-wise, we've been able to to find the resources and, and continue to grow. Uh, we had uh, 32% growth in, in 2022. Uh, and from That's amazing, congratulations. It, thank you. And then in 2020, there was a 27%. So we've been growing, we've been manning, we've been having the resources. Uh, the biggest struggle is just, I would, I don't know how to explain it quite. It, it, it's it's this, it's the phone, it's the internet. You know, everybody wants what they want now. Uh, and they, they think that it should be delivered now when you go on the Amazon and you can hit it and two days is at you, you know. So everybody, there's been a stark change in the industry from when I came into it. You know, from 2007 to somewhere in 2012, 2013, there was a lot of upfront planning by, by manufacturers, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of engineer, a lot of money spent on engineering, a lot of money spent to make sure before you got to construction that the drawings were correct, everything was there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, that kind of went away. Uh, they stopped spending the money for that and said, hey, it's just cheaper to kind of figure it out on the fly, which was, which was fine. The problem with that now is now we're stuck in, uh, a material shortage or a procurement issue where, you know, mm-hmm. some of these things we're talking are 50, you know, 50 weeks out, you know, and so they want it now. And it's like, I can't get you the parts you need in that time frame. Um, so, you know, they're just the, the instantaneous of, Hey, I need this now. I need to change it now. I need to make it happen now without a lot of pre-planning you know, we have to be available for that. We have to try to service the best we can. Um, you know, we're trying to build superior solutions and services. Um, so yeah. we're trying to flex to it best we can. You know, it's just sometimes we don't have the resources, you know, and some some better planning would help us to, to get there. So that's probably the biggest thing that we're, we're faced with today. Do you think technology is going to help or hurt in that planning? Neutral on that, you know. Um, technology is great; uh, it's used in the right way. Um, mm-hmm. Technology is not going to fix what you have. I mean, there, there's no replacement for, you know, just good people, smart people, um, likable people. There's just no replacement for that. Can it? Can it assist in it? Absolutely. Um, I think if you take the technology too far, then it, it would be a hindrance, right? More than yeah. it could help. So, uh, you know, my advice is just be careful with, you know, what technology it is and what you're trying to get out of it um, and not overload it. 
So with that, where do you think the construction industry will be in five years? Where do you see it? I'll say I see a lot recently these robots, you know, doing drywall and incorporating really interesting technology into job sites. And it's innovative. Um, but as someone who's not boots on the ground, interested in your perspective on what you think the industry is going to look like in five years, not what we're seeing online. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a huge fear of robots taking my job, uh, you know, the whole Terminator uh, thing. I, I don't I don't have I don't have a lot of fear that way. It, it, robots do as their program. Well, the jobs change, you know, quite. Yeah. But robots need maintenance, too. Right. So mm -hmm. uh, robots need to be installed. I mean, we've installed a number of uh, wire guided forklifts and um, machines that operate on their own. Right. Um, what it does do is not so much on the construction side. It doesn't hurt the construction side. Where, where it kind of hurts more is the factory workers that you should just go in and run the lines, right? They're the ones that are going to mm -hmm. get impacted more by that, that type of stuff than us. But, you Manufacturing know. Manufacturing the products that you're waiting on. Or, or working the line, right? So we, we don't work the production line. You know, we don't we do not do mm -hmm. that part. We, we work to make the production line, you know, better or faster or more reliable, whatever the case may be but we don't actually work the line. And so, you know, the, the technology part of it does, it does replace their jobs to an extent. Um, but construction industry, you know, the more robots you want to put in, the more work we have. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> there's infrastructure that needs to go with that. There's, there's just a number of things that go along with it. So I don't have a huge fear on that. Um, do I think th there are certain today, at least their, their tasks just can't be replaced that way. Um, but, for the industry that I'm in, I'm in heavy industrial, you know, uh, we talk about paper, we're talking about machines that produce a hundred tons of paper an hour. We're talking about chemical plants yeah. and cement, you know, these things that just, you know, people are going to use. Uh, and quite frankly, we consume more today than we did 20 years ago. And so, uh, especially as Americans where I do most of my work, you know, their consumption is just yeah. going to continue to go up. So, uh, you know, there's a, for me, there's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Job, job security. security, right? There's plenty of job security out there for me. So, um, but I, I think I think the construction industry has been building up over the past you know year and a half. Uh, I'm anxious for the supply chain to catch back up. You know, it took about two yeah. years for us to run through our supply chain um, of what just backlogged and all the intermediates. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm ready for it to catch back up. Uh, but people are definitely starting to spend capital and starting to make investments again. So, you know, uh, I know everybody's a little fearful of 2023 and what that means. Yeah. yeah. As far as I'm concerned, we're going to have a soft landing. Construction industry is going to keep going up. I, I, yep. I foresee the next five years being just growth, honestly. Yep. Yeah, we, we had an internal meeting yesterday, and that was exactly what we talked about is it's proven over and over again, 2001, 2008, the construction industry, especially the heavy sector, is resilient. Um, it'll be a soft landing if there's any landing at all. So Right, exactly. So Okay. If you could do anything other than construction, any job in the world, regardless of pay, what would your career be? <laughs> uh, 
I'd probably coach. I wouldn't lie. I'd probably coach or train or something like that, you know. Um, probably baseball. Yeah, I grew up playing yep. ball. Um, I kind of thought that was my path for a while to go play ball. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed it, you know. I, I've coached a number of Little League teams and been successful. Um, so, and it just brings a lot of joy, especially when, when – when kids start having success and, you know, they reach, they're reaching their goals, you know, that's, it, you know, a little warm and fuzzy on the inside. So that's probably what I would do. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely cute. Um, okay. Last one. What is your go-to job site drink? Go-to job site drink? <laughs> yeah. Not like water? alcohol, like water, coffee, <laughs> Red Bull. <laughs> uh, yeah most of the time it's it is water. hot down there in, in the summer yeah in the south here in the summer it's water that's that's all it is uh but yeah i've been trying to wean myself off for a while there i was on the bang drinks pretty hard so you know get that, get that caffeine in there pretty hard so um but yeah so i'm i'm a coffee every morning kind of guy if i need to pick me up in the afternoon i'll, I'll grab a bang or something but for the most part it's just water <laughs> well ricky this has been so fun um, I think everyone's going to love hearing from you, your perspective on things. You're obviously great at what you do and a great member of the community. So congratulations again on your promotion. Is there anything else you wanted to add that I didn't ask you? I don't think so. It's been fun. I appreciate, I appreciate it's the invite. It's been fun. It has. It's, I'm so happy that you came. Thanks for listening to our first episode of the Dirty Boots Show. Tune in next time as we chat with our friends at OE Construction. To keep up with our latest episode releases, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on our on social media.